Hey there, party people. This is Queer Watching. I'm Jesse, here with my best pal, Brianna, and today we are talking about season one of Heartstopper. Heartstopper is a British coming-of-age romantic dramedy TV series on Netflix, written and created by Alice Oseman, based on her webcomic and graphic novel of the same name. The series primarily tells the story of Charlie Spring, played by Joe Locke, a gay schoolboy who falls in love with classmate Nick Nelson, played by Kit Connor, whom he sits next to in his new form. And for Americans, that's like your homeroom. I had no idea what they were talking about for a bit. Which we did not have a homeroom. Like, I guess that was our first period, but we didn't have a separate, like, here's a room you go to hear announcements and get updates for the day. And then you go to your classes. Like, I feel like a lot of people in the U.S. have had. Yeah, I feel like they had some weird versions of it where they would have, like, reading hour or something like that attached to your class and it would be extra long but yeah it was not like this where it was like all different grades and stuff that was never a thing yeah. for us no. but heartstopper explores the lives of these two boys as well as some of their friends tau l isaac Kara, and darcy the first season of heartstopper was released back in april 2022 and the second season was actually released uh on august 3rd 2023 so just released there and it was pretty popular Netflix, uh, making their top 10 within two days of release. And it also increased the popularity of the graphic novels it's based off of, which I understand because I kind of want to read them after watching this. And a third season is already in development, or at least was before all the writer strikes. <laughs> so there will be a season three at some point. So this is your spoiler alert for season one of Hardstopper, as well as all the graphic novels it's based off of. Yeah, we're doing this at a little bit of an odd time because season two just came out, but that's what kind of, <laughs> I think, spurred some of this. So I couldn't do all the proper research without getting spoilers. And um, Brown, do you want to tell everyone? Why I do, I because it's your this? fault. <laughs> I will admit I had been a little bit of a hater on this one. I was like, no, nah, it's a teen trail. I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch it. Man, 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 everyone's watching it. I don't know. And you the whole time were like, Heartstopper. We should do Heartstopper. How about Heartstopper? <laughs> How'd you get me to watch it? Well, I started watching it because I came downstairs and Aquila was watching it. And so I first saw episode seven and episode eight and was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. I have to clearly go back and watch the entire thing. And then I forget like weeks passed and I forgot about the show. But then I was like, oh, that was a really cute fucking show. Let me find it. And then I watched all of season one and then that's when I started trying to convince you because that's when I was like obsessed. I think since I watched season one, I have now rewatched it three times completely all the way through. And I have now seen season two, two times. I got you to watch it because you were being a little fuckhead. Love you. Um, by reaching out to your <laughs> new girlfriend, because I knew as somebody in a new relationship, you're just going to do whatever they say and spend all your time with them. So I was like, two birds, one stone. If I get this other human being that's in your life on board, then you can watch it together because we'd be spending time together. And then I'll get what I want, even though I do think you should have just watched it because A, we do this podcast. B, I'm your best fucking friend since I was 11. No, that's not true. You hated me until we were like 16. So yeah, so I had to convince another person to get you to watch it. And now I need to hear, was I right or was I wrong? The show was great, right? I did like the show. Yes, it was quite good. <laughs> so yes, I will say watching it with Annalise, she is also a big fan. I'm pretty sure you had her at like great bisexual representation. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm just going to need to hear you say it. Uh, I mean, I'm going to reserve my complete judgments for when I see season two, but I will say it's pretty fucking cute. There was definitely some tears by the end. And uh, when I watched with Annalise, a lot of squealing or as she says, squee. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Okay. Don't worry, audience. I will get him to say that I am right by the time we cover <laughs> season two. Don't or I will rest. give him a dead arm when I see him next, because I thought yeah. one of the main themes of this entire show is openly and honestly communicating our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings. Oh, no. This so is just I... a queer perspective, homie. God, I I'll do my you. best on okay. that one. No promises. 
was gonna say I don't know if you saw, but I did add the cast in for you since you couldn't handle it last time. So that way there's Listen, no don't know, you did bring notes to the party. This time. I brought notes. <laughs> I know, in a rare twist. <laughs> in a rare twist. Why don't you tell me about how you felt about the show or like what your overall feelings are, given that you were so reluctant to watching it? I think my reluctancy was I just didn't feel like it was doing and like without watching it. Right. So this is just like my own ideas from the trailer and just article headlines, I guess, was just kind of that it was a, another teen show and had some queers in it. And it's like, I don't know, I felt like I'd kind of seen that. So I wasn't sure there was anything fresh about it, but I obviously ended up watching it and don't regret it. They are pretty cute. It does feel very honest. In a lot of ways, I think that something I've noticed about Gen Z and like my interactions with them is that a lot of them are on board with a lot of this queer stuff, but obviously they're still going to be, you know, some bullying, some misunderstanding and stuff like that. So it felt pretty, pretty balanced. I also, there are parts of it that are very relatable and parts of it that like, as an adult, you look back and you're like, man, I wish it had been like that. So there's some comfort, even if it didn't go that way for you, just seeing it go that way for somebody else i agree i originally had like no desire to watch it i don't even know who kit connor was when i saw that he was like 19 and coming up in the news i was like yay cool other queers and bisexual specifically but other than that i didn't like read anything into it and then i saw the show and i was like wow this really calls into question because you, you use the word honest to describe the show. And I feel like it calls into question the rom-com dynamic when it comes to communicating our feelings and our needs in relationships, because in stereotypical rom-coms, you see a lot of like gaslighting, a lot of, no, I can't say that a lot of like struggling to name the feelings there's typically like a conflict that comes from breakdown in communication and then a big resurgence of love and everything is forgotten about which we've talked about previously on this show and heartstopper doesn't perpetuate that trope it is still very much a romantic dramedy i would say i do think it's comedic but i do think it's a drama that requires these very young people to name their feelings and to make the decisions that I feel like a lot of us wish we could if we were in that situation, but we don't. And I think we need more that we need more examples of things like that and showing how to communicate authentically, showing high EQ, so that people can learn that that is what should be expected. Because I feel like oftentimes we wind up trying to emanate rom-coms and that just perpetuates a really unhealthy dynamic oftentimes. So I think that's what really like drives the show home for me. Like, yes, the chemistry between Joe Locke and Kit Connor and like all of the things that you're talking about of like being nostalgic definitely roped me in. But just also seeing how refreshing it was for people to name emotions was just, it was a lot. I was just like, Annalise, I was squeeing like every single fucking episode. Mm. It was great. Yeah, I think a big part of it for me was the parents who don't have a lot of screen time, but the very little that they do have. We, we meet Charlie's dad and Kit's mom and... They are just parents of the year, nothing but support, like understanding their kids are going through things, but giving them the space to do it, not telling them how to live their lives, but being there wholeheartedly the second they need them. You know, Charlie's dad is always, anything happens, call me. Anything happens, call me. That's just, it's beautiful. So the parents are also just all stars in this show. Yeah. And I can only imagine how difficult it is to watch someone that you like love with all of your heart not be treated right just because of who they are like it's fucking terrible I also think that that's a good segue to talk about like Tao and his role in Charlie's life of like defending him and kind of being that extra layer 
uh, to remind him that like, he's not a terrible person and he doesn't deserve this. Not him as a character, but aspects of him as a character reminded a lot, me a lot of you because any chance he got, he got to do like movie things and quote movies. And there's so many comments about like, I think his That's worst right. nightmare was that he'd be trapped in a room with a bunch of the rugby boys being forced to watch Avengers. And he was like, and Elle was like, is that your biggest fear? Watching a movie you hate with a whole bunch of people you don't like. And he was like, yes. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> wow. Jesse and then the comment about Donnie Darko movies and I was just like yes this is this is Jesse it is a complicated so, yeah. movie but what were your feelings about the I guess like the supporting characters so Tao and L and Isaac I Tao and I were a little up and down I agree that the movie thing I was like yep love his room some of his movie comments I was like yep relatable I've said you know, certain things like that, obviously, with my favorites. Um, his hair bothers me a lot. In fact, I almost feel like we should start a What Bothered Jesse Corner um, as part of the podcast, because I swear there's like Ooh. one thing in everything that we watch. Like, yes. what bothered you? Like in Bros, the pants, right? Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. This... I forgot about the pants. <laughs> the pants. But in this, it was Tao's hair. The beanie, love it. You want to have some dramatic hair? I can get on board. But having it like curve, stick out past your face, and let, I just, I couldn't handle it. I know it was like intentional, but I just wanted to tuck those suckers into the beanie so bad. <laughs> just like, get them out of here. <laughs> I get that. I very much get that. It was, it was a struggle. And sorry, was that the only reason why you struggled with this character or were there other no. reasons? No, that okay. would be the petty surface reason. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and then I think that like Tao is obviously a little bit intense with the way that he loves his friends. And so I find that relatable, but also like yeah, a little bit you need to calm down and let them make their own decisions and don't get involved. And I understand, especially like when high school is really the only thing going on in your life, it does feel everything feels so big because you don't have a ton of perspective and it's not being balanced with like jobs and families necessarily or just other things so i can understand how it feels really big and how like losing your best friend is like the most devastating thing that could possibly happen even if it isn't actually happening just feeling like it is is very devastating but there were moments where i was like you're being very dramatic here tao he's not leaving you behind or anything he just like has a new crush and that's okay like you know balance is okay so some of the friend stuff, navigating like your as your friends fall in love and stuff like that was relatable, but also like there's some irritating behaviors where you like grow up a little bit. So, yeah, I felt like there was some times where he unintentionally was weaponizing his emotions to kind of make his uh, make his friends make Charlie feel bad, mm -hmm. while also maybe making him feel like he had to choose, and that. Yeah behavior can get really toxic very quickly. Um, I think they did a good job of like showing that there might be something deeper going on, um, like some abandonment issues, but like not leaning so far that you wind up hating that character because of it. I mean, I also get like, I would be super fucking protective over you if you started hanging out with a group of people that had just tortured you the past year and I had to witness you be in that much pain I can relate to Tao in that sense but I also think that there's a different way to go about it when it comes to like communicating how you're feeling and holding both the like joy of your friend and holding them accountable for how their actions are making you feel simultaneously yep. that is a big fucking ask for a 16 year old but I'm saying yeah uh, that that can happen totally i couldn't do that at 16 right i, I was kind of dramatic like tau i'd be like whatever what? they have a significant other they hate me now and it's like oh wow okay that's as my cousins would say a nuclear reaction accurate accurate <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> uh, there's this one line in one of the episodes it's after tara and darcy have come out um, and Imogen comes up and 
asks, I think Tara, if she's genuinely a lesbian or whatever. And she goes, I'm not homophobic. I'm an ally. And then Darcy, Darcy goes, goes, thank you for your service. I yes. literally wrote, LOL. I thought of you, Jesse, just like so fucking thick with the sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's great. Pals like that uh, and, with the quick wit a little bit. Like when Harry's mm-hmm. harassing him, he's pretty good with those comebacks. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Yeah. He's like, why don't you throw your last brain cell at me? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. I yes. know. Uh, yes. But then I don't want to skip over L because I just want to gush about L, but I'll let you go first. I can't wait to get to spend more time with L. I'm really hoping the second season gives L more time because right now I feel a little bit like her biggest thing is that she has a crush on Tao. And like, that's cool, but I'm, I, I want to know L, not just her, you know, boy feelings. So I'm really hoping they explore her character more. Um, I do like that, you know, the dynamics of the friend group haven't changed at all with her transition and switching schools, but I feel like we don't really know her very well. I won't spoil anything for season two, but what I will say is that they do develop all of the like side characters more in season two, but not in a way where like Charlie and Nick are very much still the main characters. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's a good dynamic, but it's so funny because again, I said I stumbled into the show in episode seven while Aquila was watching it. And that's the episode where they say, like, surprise, Harry's transphobic as well. And Aquila goes, Wait, she's trans? And I was like, I would assume that's why they said transphobic. And then she was like, Wait, what? And then it finally dawned on her that the reason why she trans, like the reason why Elle transferred from Truman to Higgs was that because they were single sex schools. And I was like, girl, you were seven episodes into this show. And she's like, I mean, it's not even that big of a, like a theme. And like, if I, I pay attention to what I pay attention to. So I just thought it was hilarious because in the very first episode, they talk about Elle being trans. So I was like, wow, babe, way to, way to pay attention. But what I wanted to say about Elle was I love how much being trans is built into who her character is, but it is not her storyline. I don't feel like we get a lot of complex trans characters in even media now. Um, They typically have things that are like, or the obstacles that they have to overcome, like in anything is possible is is the person that they're attracted to going to be attracted to them back? Like, is somebody going to be transphobic or anything to do with their gender identity and gender expression? And here she was like, I have a crush on my best friend. How do I navigate this situation? Oh my God, I need to make more friends. Like I need to make friends. I just transferred to this new school and now I'm the new girl. And like, none of it other than being like, oh yes, people were transphobic last year. And, And I just thought like, this is how you make well-rounded lgbtq characters like don't make their plot line about their identity and it made me very 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 happy yeah i think a lot of queer people don't wear their queer identity at the forefront necessarily and so it's good to have those stories where it's just one of the many things about them versus the only thing about them so yeah Mm -hmm. i agree I also liked the, with the plot line of like making friends. It was like the second she put herself out there, everyone was like, oh yeah, we'll hang out with you. Like, it was literally nothing. Everyone was like, oh yeah, for sure. We just, you know, we were being kind of standoffish. We weren't sure you wanted to hang out with us. Like, it was a lot more of mm-hmm. that than anything else. So. Yeah. Just awkward high school teenage stuff. Yeah. And then there's Isaac who doesn't get a lot of like screen time. But now, because I was just re-watching every single episode at double speed, he has a lot of, like, really good one-liners. I don't know if you caught it, but I think it's in episode six or seven when they're all playing Monopoly together and Tao and Charlie are going back and forth. Isaac's sleeping. <laughs> yep. He gets pissed. He just kicks the game board. He goes, whoops. And I was like, lol, <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh, yes. Isaac is fantastic. <laughs> I also always appreciate, like, representations of people including people in different situations like 
I mean, clearly Isaac is one of their friends, but Isaac also loves just to be reading. And so you just see him reading at like every single thing that they do. And that's not a point of contention. They're like, of course we want you here. Bring your book. Sure. And I just, I'm like, yes, this is how you show that people can be included. It's, it's just great. It makes me really happy. I agree. I also love a good like guy who's like, yeah, I'm cool with whatever. I'm just not gonna i'm not a super participator <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like i don't really care what the rest of you do no judgment here but don't expect me to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. yes i i love that because i feel like i know people like that who are like oh i give zero fucks about any of that i'm just this mellowness is just me i appreciate isaac i noticed immediately when he kicked over the monopoly board and in a lot of ways i was like that's a good friend <laughs> He just avoided so much conflict by being like, yeah. oh, no, I decided for everyone. Okay, good night. We all need that sometimes. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I I also, I don't know. There was something about the Nick Nelson character that I'm having a hard time placing, but I really, I really appreciate it. I feel like he, he's not too one-sided. Like, he doesn't. I don't know. They're like taking their time with him in a way that is real. It's not like in one week he's abandoned everyone he's ever known and is in a deep relationship with this guy and, you know, is has abandoned the church or whatever. It's it's mm-hmm. it's progressive. And that feels how it actually is, right? Like school is still happening, sports are still happening. This is happening, you know, slowly while life is happening instead of I feel like in a lot of high school shows, like the OC is like, so much happens in a week. You're like, geez, this is not, <laughs> what a whirlwind. <laughs> what a whirlwind. How did you even get any of your homework done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did anything else happen in those seven days? <laughs> no. I know. No. Did anyone sleep? Just these kinds of things. It was interesting but- that whenever they were texting, it was clearly like bedtime. I was like, there, mm-hmm. there is a gap between <laughs> when you saw this person and these these texts but that's you know that's just getting nitpicky I think yeah and I think because I too want to talk about his character I feel like he is my favorite character because of so many reasons but I'll just say like I think he's a great representation and not a stereotypical representation of what a jock can be like oftentimes we just get the oh I want to do sports I don't care about anybody else except for my teammates there's no eq there's no like real moral compass and here we we get a lot of that and there was when he when nick is talking to imogen after he's like hey i don't feel that way about you and he talks about like do you ever just feel like you're going along with things that you don't even really want to be doing and i was like yes because sometimes you truly can just get caught up in doing what everyone else is doing and he's being really intentional because he doesn't want to hurt the people he cares about. And when you stop being just like a go with the flow person and you take a step back and you look at what's actually happening, then you can see like, oh no, I I don't like this. But I did like that he always had a strong moral compass. Yep. Like that he named in I think episode two or one when Ben assaulted Charlie he said he was like no that he he assaulted you um and that was like to name that and being like i don't want you to ever see this person again like there was no gray area there's no well maybe it was a bad day no what you did was bad yeah and it hurt somebody that i care about even Mm -hmm. with harry like the second that it's about charlie being gay Mm -hmm. He called he's that's incredibly homophobic. Like he just he calls it what it is. And then that word you can see bothers hair. And he's like, no, no, it's a joke, or like bothers him to a degree. And he mm-hmm. tries to downplay it because but like, no, that's exactly what's happening. Yes. And it very much it made me so happy as a BB because it reminded me of my nibblings and them just being comfortable calling shit out, being like, that's transphobic, that's homophobic, that's racist. And I'm like, This is because you now have parents who have that awareness and Mm. like have the tools to have that conversation. Cause I'm sure like I knew what was homophobic and I knew what was problematic growing up, but I was still saying that's so gay. And I was still like not using that language to stand up 
to people who were being problematic. So like to see that growth in a TV show made my heart so happy. Yeah, and I think today we would obviously behave very differently, but not at 16. I probably would have been one of the rugby boys who didn't say anything. Obviously not anymore, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) yeah. Which I like that Nick included his friend, those friends that didn't say anything Mm -hmm. in his conversation with his mom. Like they just stood there. They didn't do anything because that's really, really difficult to do. To be the only person speaking out against something. Yep. I think that that might be a good segue to then talk about Ben. That's what I was going to say. Ben. (laughs) It's like, while we're talking about assholes. (laughs) Now we talk about Ben. This, this was hard for me. The, the, the theme in the show of being kept a secret was difficult for me to watch because it reminded me of relationships where I have been kept a secret. And I very much related to Charlie where like, you internalize a lot of that messaging and then you automatically go to like defend and protect yourself and be like, everything's fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm not a burden. So A, I love seeing that representation. And B, I'm trying to remember when this conversation takes place. I don't fucking do any spoilers, but it was it was weird because I genuinely hated Ben and my heart hurt for him. Because I'm like, you you do have the right to not be ready to come out, but you don't have the right to harm other people mm-hmm. just because you're not comfortable. So like I I felt for him because I know what it's like to struggle with your identity and to question it and to be afraid. And also you can't fucking weaponize that. You can't force people to do things. You can't have somebody be available to you whenever you want them to like, no, that's abusive. That's bullshit. And you can't fucking do that. Yeah. I think the reason that the Ben character is so hateable is because he doesn't seem to look at Charlie, who we love as the audience as a whole person. He just looks him as something to be used. And that becomes apparent. I think Well, at multiple times, right? The assault is obviously a big one, but there's a flashback where Charlie asks if he wants to just hang out outside of school and Ben responds like, why would we do that? It's like, okay, then what is this then? I think that's when I was like, oh, this guy. But at the very end of season one, when it's sports day, Charlie does confront him and tell him to fuck off. So that was pretty great when we finally see Charlie stand up to Ben. You know, it's it was a moment where our heart sings for him. It's like, fuck, yeah, you deserve to stand up for yourself in this way. And I think that in a lot of ways, you know, him being with Nick gave him the confidence to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see Charlie's development as well. Yes, I like that they helped us understand that while uh, Charlie's relationship with Ben might parallel Charlie's relationship with Nick, they did a good job of showing the similarities, but then showing the differences in impact and showing that Nick cared enough to take action to minimize harm to Charlie. Whereas Ben just kept twisting it and blaming Charlie for his negative emotions. And that's like, to me, again, that is the type of rom-com narrative I've almost come to expect. Um, I feel like that's a very typical for a lot of the like 2000s and 90s gay movies um and then there'd be the like no i choose you character realization and then everything would be forgotten and nick was showing the like no this is how you take accountability for your actions you don't try and like weasel your way out of it like when he heard tao and charlie talking in the bathroom it was like i heard you talking i did accept a date with imogen here's what happened here's how i'm going to make it right i'm like huh no gaslighting okay okay yep yeah yeah i agree the show almost lures you into thinking he's gonna be shadier than he is and then he surprises you by like not being perfect because he's still like oh fuck i may have hurt you or someone else on accident but i will take full responsibility and ownership of it and that's why it's so easy to root for him Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm 
And yeah. for me, I think the thing that really just sells Nick Nelson is Kit Connor himself because him, like the way he smiles and the way he looks at somebody when he like actually likes them as a person and is listening to what they're saying and is happy to see their happiness. Like the smile meets his eyes and it's almost just this like, you can feel the love that's coming out of him and you can feel the happiness, even when he's not just talking with Charlie, like he just genuinely looks at people like you, like he sees them and neither him. Well, I don't actually know about Joe Locke, but he didn't have much acting experience before this. And so I was really impressed with just like his performance and and everyone's performance that like. Kit Connor, is that who you're talking about? Yes. So yeah. he was the young Elton John in Rocket Man. So mm. he has had a little bit of acting experience before, but that's the only thing I know of. Yes, I did just say he didn't have much acting experience. So thank you for just driving okay. home just the point I just a made. A pretty mainstream example of his acting experience. Uh-huh. So, okay. So what I think there's like a couple of other things to his IMDb. Right. Touche. Yes. I think the acting in the show is fantastic. I especially for not only do they look like, you know, at least teenagers, but they do a fantastic Because they were. Time. Yes. Definitely he was 17 helps. when this was ca- was cast. Fantastic. I love that. It's difficult to watch people four years younger than you be high schoolers on TV sometimes. So, yeah. And they're both very talented. I'm sure Netflix will keep them around and put them in lots of projects. So, if they're smart. Also, something that I was not expecting was how much this show was going to make me miss the initial stages of dating and the like the obsession and the constant smiling and just like the dopamine and the serotonin and it made me miss it like I was like really like I want to have a crush on somebody I want to have these experiences which I'm totally allowed to have yeah because then what do you not monogamy for the week but also, that's just so much effort. <laughs> Anyways, um, this is my right, problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say, what I wasn't expecting was that, like, it was really nice to also watch the show and realize that, like, the thing I was loving about Nick and Charlie's budding relationship were things that I was already receiving in mind. Like it kind of helped me realize that I've finally arrived into like a super healthy relationship where like somebody won't believe me when I'm like, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And like somebody will pay attention to all the little things that like I try and hide in the world. And they're like, no, no, I see you. And somebody will just like smile at me like that. I'm like, oh shit, this is disgusting. But also, yay. So yeah, gross. That Keep that over there. A fun realization. <laughs> I don't, I might not get the same butterflies because i mean now we farted in front of each other and so once you fart in front of each other i think like the butterflies kind of go away but oh no that's the bar oh no I farted that's the seat. that was my bar i'll lay the groundwork a little bit here how about that so <laughs> back when the show came out so back at the end of 2022 okay it came out in april 2022 but it was october ish time that Kit Connor was taking a break from social media, but a photo of him and a female actress circulated everywhere. Well, Twitter and the internet went crazy and accused him of queer baiting. He felt very attacked, jumped on Twitter, and just had one tweet that said, like, I'm bi. Uh, I hope all these people are embarrassed for forcing me out of the closet. This isn't how it should be done. You missed the point of the show. Like, bye. So feeling like he had to, to like essentially answer for all this hate he was getting online i guess you can have your own opinion on if he actually had to respond to it but either way so then after that there was a lot of backlash to the backlash (laughs) saying we shouldn't have done this and forced this you know 18 year old kid at the time out of the closet this again is not how things should be done right yeah so then he did a bunch of interviews just kind of saying like yeah it wasn't the way i preferred but here we are so you know i'm not ashamed of it like i'm proud bisexual man blah 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 so 
Yeah. yeah, you are. Yeah, love this for him now, especially now that it seems like he's really proud to claim it. But I do feel for him and we shouldn't force people out of the closet, especially when they're so young. I just, well, actually, no, I take that back ever. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter how old they are. But also, why should a child's sexuality be any of our business? I mean, why should anyone's sexuality? But, like, he had just yeah. turned 18. Yeah. And honestly, like, who cares? I I understand the original reason for the coining of the term queer baiting because it was a genuine problem in media and still is. Straight yes. actors and cis actors are still cast oftentimes over queer and trans actors but this to me was a well-intentioned thing gone terribly wrong we have to remember that we don't actually we're not owed an explanation on someone's sexuality or gender and if it is well established in other interviews that these people are straight or are cis and then they are going out and they are playing these roles that's a whole other conversation but if we do not know, and this this is especially a thing for bisexual people, no, yeah, that was entire, an actual thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. <laughs> the do entire it. the entire premise of queer baiting when it comes to, or when when the evidence for it is, well, they're dating someone of the opposite sex, is really bullshit because what that is is by erasure. We don't actually know anyone's sexuality or panerasia, right? Any kind of, you know, non-heteronormative identity that you get. It's monosexism. It just makes it even tougher for bi people to come out. So the whole thing was quite tragic the way it went down. As as Deadline put it, reeking of biphobia, right? I think mm-hmm. I, I just remember them saying that. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. So on multiple levels, it shouldn't be done this way. As someone who is an advocate for queer actors playing queer roles this is a great example of taking it way too far i don't think all queer roles should exclusively be played by queer actors it's never a blanket idea right it's more about making sure the opportunities for queer actors are the same and that there's some authenticity to these roles being considered if you have cast that has these identities and letting them contribute to these as well is also a big part of that so there's definitely a way to still have space for you know either not out or straight people to play some of these roles but these are also some of the best opportunities for queer people and if we really do want to help diversify the very broken industry that is hollywood and the entertainment industry like this is a great starting point i also thought queer baiting was referring to The like, will they, won't they in an actual show or a movie where it's like, it's supposed Mm -hmm. to look gay or hint at gay, but it's not actually gay. It's just supposed to leave you hooked and hoping that you might get a gay storyline. This show from jump is about two men falling in love with each other. Yep. There was no insinuation. There was nothing. It was, this is fucking gay. And people still decided that they were owed kit connor's sexuality absolutely not as a bi person we are least likely out of lesbian bi or gay folks to be out because of this exact reason because we do not fit stereotypes when it comes to appearance appearances so people automatically assume your sexuality based on your partner yep and there's just vitriol from either side even though a study just showed that now 67% of the LGBTQ population identifies as, as bisexual or non-monosexual. So we are the majority, but are constantly treated like shit. That's yep. it. That's my soapbox. No, that's true. I feel like, you know, semi-relatable. I feel like sometimes the tea gets left out, right? A lot of times the tea oh, gets absolutely. left out too. Yeah, and you're very right. Queer baiting and it's like origins was a lot about creating that gay tension to get gay viewers without ever having to go there because 
um it's called the haze code back in the day it was the hollywood code where you couldn't show like explicit stuff on screen mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. unfortunately included anything gay so yeah there's your little movie history lesson for today look at that <laughs> film degree coming in handy and they said you'd never use it <laughs> i mean <laughs> i think they meant to make money and they might be <laughs> but either way <laughs> Either way, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's even one in Grace jokes about, like, let's go see a rom-com and look for gay undertones, right? Like, that was a very real thing, because that's all, you know, at that time, the Hayes Code's over, but that's just the homophobia of the industry. That's how you deal mm-hmm. with it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, to me, there is a recent kind of pop culture thing um, that I would say at least is a good case of queer baiting, and that is actually Will from Stranger Things. They walk the line with him in a way that you can continue to see him as straight if you would like to. And they don't make any kind of explicit thing to me that says he is gay or bi or whatever, has any of these queer identities, right? So I don't know if you agree or are up on Stranger Things, but the way that they have done his plot line is, would be to me Netflix queer rate plot line if we really want to <laughs> tear one of those apart or talk about it i have seen like an episode and a half of stranger things so i don't even know who the will character is okay but yes i do i do know that like that stuff does still very much exist because as much as we're gushing over heartstopper this is not the norm of representation that we see most Mm -hmm. stuff we still see is straight and and monosexual and heteronormative and so they've got to hit those diversity quotas somehow by while also not alienating the other side looking at you target yep you know gotta strike that balance so yeah no it's it's, we're talking queer bait examples heartstopper would never make the never make the list in my opinion no but it became a victim of it because however could somebody who enjoys playing sports also be attracted to someone of the same sex that would never happen that's sarcasm by the way i know my tone nothing carries i am very 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 happy that it is a bi guy playing a bi guy character though yeah because representation matters i love this show because they did not make charlie they did not make nick gay yep i i think it's very important to show this aspect of coming out because while I'm I'm sure it's complicated to to like kind of realize that you're gay in high school I also feel like it's incredibly complicated to realize that you like more than one sex or gender because especially for bi men no one genuinely believes that you still like the a, a different gender they automatically are like cool you are with someone who identifies the same way as you you're fucking gay and you're like or or I could be confident in what on how I identify and just state that. Yeah, no matter what, can't get away from binaries, unfortunately. I wanted to talk about um, the camera angles and the animation and like the color mm-hmm. blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that that also really helped to kind of communicate specifically the animations, emotions, and also emotional intelligence. So one of my favorite examples is when Nick is imagining what Charlie's experience must be like in the locker room because he sees a photo on Instagram of like the entrance of the boys locker room and it says like, I hate this place. And so then Nick imagines what that must be like and there's all the animation and then like the zooming in in the like in black and stuff like that. And that shows very high emotional intelligence that like he's able to understand an experience he's never had because he can imagine what it must be like. And he feels for his friend. I was just like, yes. And I thought that the, like, they did a good job of showing, not telling. Um, And then with all the cute little like birds that are just everywhere and sparks when they're touching is just, it made it cute and whimsical while it's still navigating difficult topics. Do you think it's cause it's from a comic book? Possibly. But I also didn't get comic book vibes. Really? Interesting. I definitely did. There's even some paneling that they intentionally do that is an incredibly comic book. Like they'll do a line down the middle and 
someone will be on top and someone will be on bottom. It will literally be like animation yeah. in between. Yeah. You should yeah. read a comic book, Brianna. <laughs> I mean, I really want to read this one. So I'm planning on yeah, ordering so it. And there's going to be a fifth one. So. Yeah, I'm hoping for five seasons. Come on, give us five seasons. Yeah, but I feel you. I liked a lot of the little animation things as well. The one that comes to mind most for me is like the tension between the hands, you know, because mm-hmm. when you're very new in a relationship, like those tiny little touches are, they, that is how it feels, right? It's like electric and you're like, keep it together. Mm-hmm. She just put her hand on my knee, keep it together. Be cool, you know? be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> That's right. Be chill. This is normal. <laughs> so relatable. And then the best one is in the art room, I think, where Charlie sits by the cabinets where the tree is. And when he sits there, all the roots of the tree come out underneath him. And it's almost like he's sitting there growing. And so Mm -hmm. like that very, yeah, like metaphorical shot. That one, every time they do it, and they do it at least three times. Every time I was still like, oh, still a good shot. (laughs) Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Get get back to the art room. Let's do it again. It's it's beautiful. Which then also brings up the art teacher. I I love him. I think he's very, very cute. And yeah, another example of why it's important to have queer people in different positions of power and supporting you. And it it was just lovely. Was there anything you didn't like about this show? Hmm. Honestly, not really that comes to mind. I mean, I don't care for the name Imogen, but otherwise. (laughs) Well, when I heard that, I immediately thought of fried green tomatoes. Um, That's not her name. It's. Iggy. Iggy. But no, but it's that's that comes from something else. But yes, I have in here. Imogen reminds me of fried green tomatoes. Yeah, that's fair. Another one we should cover for the pod. Another one we should fucking cover. I can't believe we didn't cover that first. That was kind of dumb of us. Oh, well. Before we get into your predictions, I just want to mention, as a bisexual, I just want to know who didn't have the bi struggle between being attracted to Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> like when they zoomed in and you saw that little like the pan between Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom, I was like, yeah. yes, I have looked at that scene too and been like, damn, they could both get it. It was good. Yeah. Isn't that called bi panic? Yes. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Yes. <laughs> I don't. How do you feel about that term? I don't know. I I haven't like I don't really hear it often. Um, um it initially makes me think of biphobia because the defense for homophobia and biphobia is like the panic defense. Um, oh, yeah, so that's where my mind, <laughs> yeah, originally goes. Uh, but let me see. Let me make sure I actually know what the meaning of this is. When a straight person is scared they're bi because someone, oh, that's dumb. I think that's a very narrow-minded view of sexuality. Hold on, but hold on. What, I also, a, what's the definition that you're looking at? Because I feel like I've seen it used in a lot of ways. When a straight person is scared they're bi because they think someone of the same sex is attractive. Mm. That's why I said it was very narrow-minded because why are you afraid of being bi? Like, no, just because you find someone attractive does not necessarily mean that you're bisexual. Um, yeah. And also, it's great to be bi. Don't don't <laughs> be afraid of it. Well, okay, course. so give me some predictions. Okay. Have you so seen the trailer season... at all for season two? No, I have not. Oh, okay. Hit me with your predictions. Okay. My predictions are mostly this is what I would like to see. So... I guess I would like Tao and Elle to hurry it up. Like, let's just have some crushes, talk about it, make sure we all feel the same, and then, like, do some smooching. I don't know. That feels fun and cute for them. I want to get to know Tori more, the sister who just pops up out of nowhere. She cracks me up every time. And when her brother was having that, like, I don't know if I should exist moment, and she just wrapped him up in her arms and was like, I'm happy you exist. Do you want me to make pizza? I was like, oh my gosh, you're the perfect person. That's all I would need. Wrap me up. Tell me I'm great and make me pizza. <laughs> so more Tori. I want Tao and L. And then I assume now the kids come out to mom, um, who's the best, Olivia Coleman all the way. I assume the coming out journey is kind of the next whatever, whatever. So 
I mean, I could be wrong. Episode one, he could tell everyone, and then it's just repercussions or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe Nick has a dad somewhere. I don't know. I feel like there's a coming out journey that's uh, going to happen. So, Okay, thoughts? good predictions. All right. <laughs> Do I have thoughts? Yes, yes. I think he will be very happy with season two. It also, I'll just say this, goes deeper. Okay. But still maintains its very, like, whimsical and romantic dramedy that we we want but it does touch on deeper topics cool i love that i love when things get deeper and profound most of the time also i do just want to say there's a well when nick's mom olivia pope nope that's definitely a scandal olivia who (laughs) olivia coleman 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 she picks up nick from fighting with harry at the movie theater and she's like Fighting is not the only answer, or fighting is not the answer, which I always amend to. Fighting is not the only answer, but it sure as hell is an answer. Looking at you, Riverfront Park in Montgomery, Alabama. That is an example where violence was a hundred percent necessary. And I will die on this, on this, on this point. Fighting is an option. Yeah, I wasn't too bothered about Nick punching Harry in the face after he used the F no. word. Honestly, probably would have done the same thing. My parents always taught us, you don't start a fight, but you're allowed to finish one. So to me, that was started by Harry and I would just be finishing it. But yes, I'm not condoning violence, but I don't know. Once in a while, occasionally people need to be punched in the lip. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) That's okay. I'll condone it for us. You go ahead and you punch whoever you need to. If there's a way to de-escalate. It's the only option. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yes. Some people don't deserve de-escalation. Harry did not deserve de-escalation. He deserved to fucking get the shit beat out of him. That's what he deserved. Yeah. Here's hoping that he learns from that. And season two, he's just the number one ally. And we thank you for his service. Uh Uh-huh. 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 So (laughs) when are we going to do season two? (laughs) As soon as I can get my act together and actually watch it. No. Wait, we didn't talk about this part. What part in the season finale made you cry? The coming out, obviously. Oh, to his mom? Yes. When Olivia Coleman was just like the perfect fucking parent and was like, you're the best. Everything's great. You don't have to tell me you don't like, or you don't have to tell me you like girls if you don't. And he's like, bisexuality. And she's like, cool. I'm not from the 18th century. I'm hip. I don't know. And then she's just like very gently like, I'm sorry if I ever did anything I made it feel like you couldn't tell me. And that was the most she made it about her. I'm sorry, but that is not realistic. Love it. Love that for everyone. Not realistic. <laughs> Obviously, I was full on crying at that part. Like by the time she hugged him, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. everything. It's fine. Yeah. So it was really cute. I was glad I was here alone. You're hilarious. Thank you for joining us today on Queer Watching. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating where you get your podcasts. You can also send us an email with recommendations or feedback at queerwatching at gmail.com. Ta-ta!